Welcome back to the Duct Tapes. Hey, everybody. Um, We're here. Quack. We are, yeah, Almost forgot. I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> you, you got it. So this week we have... Super exciting guest. We had Laurence uh, yeah, Bradford from Learn to Code with Me, another tech podcast which I have really loved listening to. Mm-hmm. And it was I we were super happy when she had time to speak with us for a very long interview. So I hope you guys are ready for this one. Yeah, initially the plan was to get her on and sabotage her because she's our enemy because she has a, oh a podcast and a gosh. competitive in our competing field. You're but she was so nice. <laughs> she was so nice. We thought, all right. We like this person. No, she is super cool. She has been ever since she became a developer, and she did not start off like in college as a developer. She changed career paths mm-hmm. um, early on. She has been uh, working to help educate other software engineers, developers, hackers, like especially those just starting out. So if you guys are taking your first steps, or if you hit a roadblock and don't know where to go next, definitely listen to Learn to Code with Me podcast. And you can read her blog as after well. After ours, listen to it after ours. After, <laughs> after duct tapes. Yeah. What really, what really stuck out to me, and I was, I very much related to, was um, transitioning into becoming a developer after having a career in a completely different field. So we talk about that quite a bit. If you can relate to that story, then you will definitely enjoy this episode. Yeah, it was really nice to get to know her so much more because in her podcast episode, she's always interviewing other guests. Yeah. And it was nice for me to like hear more about her. So. Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, she gives some great learning strategies. So I think that's around like the middle part of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make sure you don't doze off, man. Yeah, don't skip. <laughs> and then at the end, there's a big reveal that's just going to exclusive the coding community to an the core. exclusive reveal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you guys afterwards. Enjoy. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I was so excited when um, you and your team knew you were available to come do this because one, we're a newer podcast and like, I'm really hoping we can just learn from you and like how you've been able to grow such an awesome community and like even just spending time on your blog and website. I first came across uh, the Learn to Code with Me podcast, but I'm wondering, like we were both wondering, how did you first get into tech? Because I think you started in economics. Yeah. So the story is like, it's a it's a pretty long story, but we like long stories. I, <laughs> okay, so um, in in college I studied history and economics, and then I got more into economics towards the end. I studied abroad in China my junior year of college, mm. and after that I just got this like passion for East Asian culture, and then it ended up becoming more like Southeast Asian. So after I graduated college, I went to Thailand and I taught English there for six months. While I was doing that, I was trying to get some kind of job or internship in like an economic policy think tank of sorts or or related somewhere in Southeast Asia. End up getting a, it was kind of like an internship, but it was paid uh, at this think tank in Bangkok. So when I was teaching English, I was in like the middle of Thailand in a really small rural town. It's actually funny because I was thinking about that this morning as I was getting ready, like some of the experiences <laughs> I had back then randomly. Cause I was, I mean, I was like the only Western person in this town I was wow. in, which yeah, for me now living in New York, it was a small town, but it actually wasn't. There was a lot of people that lived there, but they're all Thai, you know, no one mm-hmm. That wasn't Thai, except for me. So that was definitely <laughs> really that was definitely an experience that built resilience. I would say for sure because I had never been in a place where 
no one was like me in, in such mm-hmm. an extreme way, you know? Right. Um, you know, cultural barriers, language barriers, all kinds of things I had to adjust to. Uh, but anyhow, so I ended up then going to Bangkok for this position. Within like two weeks or something, I realized that I didn't want to do this. Like I was like, I thought this wow. was going to be totally different. I don't think I want to be in this field. Like there's not that much job opportunity. A lot of the people in the roles that I wanted all have like PhDs. I didn't really want to go down that route. Like I loved certain things with like Asia, but I just, yeah. So hmm. I was already done with college and I was sort of like panicking because I didn't know like what I was going to do next if I didn't want to do this. In the last like two years, I was yeah. kind of preparing to go in this direction, right? So I then began researching and, you know, what kinds of jobs can I get without going back to college that pay well, that I can teach myself. Not surprising. I ended up finding a bunch of things with coding and mm-hmm. technology. So that was kind of how I first got into tech. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. In Bangkok. Yeah. Yeah, I was living there at the time. I ended up staying there another month or two, I think, and did some traveling around. Uh-huh. And then I ended up coming back home to the to the you know, United States. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I feel like that's yeah. a really unique version of a rather common story, because like I think a lot of people, they're either unhappy with what they're doing or they find they don't want to do it anymore. And they like end up turning to tech and I don't know. Do you guys do you think that's because it's like readily accessible, or because tech is you know super interesting and everybody can find something they love about it? But yeah, um, you know, so like in, on my podcast and on my blog and all of that, that's like sort of the essence of it all. It's like the theme is it, I yeah. I kind of focus in on people transitioning into tech later in life so later in Mm -hmm. life really just means after college so you could be you know 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s uh it's basically just you know not going back to get another bachelor or a master's degree and using these like more non-traditional forms of education to teach yourself and i think that i mean the fact that it is so accessible and that you can get jobs at Google and other top tech companies without Mm -hmm. needing a computer science degree or even I think any I think I'm pretty sure not with Google you don't even need an actual four-year degree I think it used to be a requirement but a lot of companies are lessening you know are loosening up on that as well so you don't even need a college degree and I also think just because of the earning potential right with you know a lot of these tech roles so you know, most, you know, most high paying jobs, you do need some kind of advanced degree or certification in not everything, of course, but this is one that you don't. So I feel like those are probably like the two big draws for folks. And then also, I think further along, there are just so many options that a person can do in technology. So that was something I didn't really grasp when I first started out. I thought if I learned to code, I had to become like a web developer, mm-hmm. full stack web developer. This was, you know, at this point, this was a while ago. So I remember Ruby on Rails was really big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, full stack Ruby on Rails developer. That Those were like some of the technologies and the terms that I kept hearing yeah. over and over again. And it, yeah, it took me a while to realize, oh, wait, no, like there's people who specialize, you know, in front end. There's people who do, um, you know, user experience. There are all these different kinds of data roles. There's cybersecurity, there's DevOps, there's business intelligence or business analytics. So I think that also makes it really exciting. That's awesome. 
like what so you started with web development is that correct yeah and is that what like grabbed you right away have you ever moved away from that or like had I guess a tech interest that was bigger than web development or like how what made you want to change your like it seems like your whole life to like revolve around tech and your blog and the and the podcast I mean I feel like there must have been a defining moment or maybe get me out of Bangkok yeah. I think was the <laughs> was what it was yeah so I mean t- right now like I don't do web development I run learn to code with me full time that's like wow since yes yeah, since August 2018 sorry I'm like trying to make sure the years I'm yeah. using the right year in my head yeah okay so since August 2018 I've been doing learn to code with me full-time but before that I definitely took a lot of you know twists and turns to mm-hmm. ultimately get to this point and early on I was doing much more web development work like building websites for clients or working on a team of people like mostly in a contracting capacity, mm-hmm. building websites for like then bigger companies or bigger clients where there was more, you know, specialized roles, not just like building a several page WordPress site for someone, even though I did, I did both of those things. Um, and then as I got moving along, I started to under, or I started to realize that what I really liked was like helping people and educating people in some way. And I became interested in ed tech or education technology like as a whole and how I first kind of well through the blog and the podcast I was already kind of in that space of like helping people you know online courses Mm -hmm. which online courses are the best so on and so forth but I ended up doing a consulting project for Flatiron School this was this was I think in 2016 or 2015 I think it could have spanned into both years and I was helping them create some of their coding boot camp curriculum for one of their online programs and I just like fell in love with it and I at that time I didn't even realize that instructional design was a whole like field in itself like just like the technology in the design of making you know materials to educate people in Mm -hmm. an online platform so that kind of got gears rolling in another way or gears turning in another way. And after going, you know, through that consulting experience, I ended up a few more twists and turns, but getting a full-time job here in New York at a company called Teachable, which is in, um, it's an ed tech company, but it's software like SaaS, software, mm-hmm. software as a service for someone who wants to build and sell their own online courses. It's like a CMS. Yeah, it's like a CMS for online courses. So for people who are familiar with Shopify, like, you know, you create your own online store and they kind of help you do everything. Mm -hmm. Teachable is the same idea, but it applies to online courses or any other kind of digital information product that you want to sell or just give people for free. That's awesome. So, yes, I'm giving like a very like long detailed question or responsive question. But when I was working, then I ended up getting into Teachable. It was a really early employee. So I ended up doing a lot of different stuff. My like responsibilities evolved while I was there. And that was what I was doing until I started doing this full time. That is so awesome. So when when did you first start Learn to Code with me? If that was like 2015, 2016, how long has it been? I guess you started the blog before the podcast. Is that correct? Yeah. So I um, started Learn to Code with Me in 2014. 
And I think the podcast would have came out about a year or two later. So 2015 or 2016. I have like all the dates written down, but I sometimes forget (laughs) off the top of my head. But I remember, I remember it was one or two years later on the exact day that I first launched the website was when I launched the podcast. I feel like it was two years later because one year later seems too fast for me and, you know, my head. Mm -hmm. But when I first started the site, it was like completely different than what it is today. I just created it as a way to document my learn to code journey Mm -hmm. and I never expected to be doing it you know years later and I never thought early on that I would start a podcast like that was not even something (laughs) I was it because the response to the site was so so big or or what made you start the podcast and and make it grow yeah yeah so I think the the response to the site was well but the other thing was I and I, to this time, to this day, I still really enjoy um, like podcasts and YouTube videos. And a lot of times I'll wa- watch, listen to YouTube videos, but not with the actual video. Like mm-hmm. I have it on my phone playing, but I don't even watch it. So I'm a huge like the best way. I think yeah, auditory <laughs> learner. Maybe yeah. that's the right yeah. auditory learner. So I love to listen to learn things. Ebooks or, or not mm-hmm. ebooks. I'm sorry, audiobooks. I love audiobooks. So I loved consuming content that way. And I knew that there was probably a lot of people that were similar to me that wanted to learn about coding and technology and how to get started, but they didn't want to sit at their computer or on their phone and read like Mm -hmm. a 2000 word article. And that's what I was only doing at the time. So I thought it could also be a good way to help people who didn't want to read blog posts. Mm -hmm. So that was another reason. I think another one was just being able to then interview people and share other people's stories so not just like my own experiences that I was sharing you know through blog posts Mm -hmm. that I could interview other people who could have their own story their own perspective and that could help inspire and motivate the audience that's awesome yeah it sounds like a big part of what learn to code with me does is just kind of show everybody that we're kind of all going through the same thing especially (laughs) new or, or junior developers it's really easy to feel like I don't know, just get down on yourself and think like, oh, I can't do this. And maybe this isn't cut out for me. But then when you realize that everybody's gone through those same struggles. Yeah, the same learning comforting. process. Yeah. And like and nobody knows everything and nobody knows everything right from the start, especially. Yeah. So it's really awesome. I constantly feel like I don't know anything. Yeah. Honest. <laughs> I had that feeling just this morning. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved what it's you. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. I loved what you said about the like auditory learning. Um, There is this uh, YouTube channel. I'm going through a playlist right now by Crash Course is the channel. And then they have like all these crash courses on like different subjects like physics and history. And I'm taking the computer science one, which is super interesting. I guess I'm just sharing that for anyone who's interested in learning. (laughs) I I told Ben about it too. Um, He was the last guest we had on, a good friend of mine. And it's cool because I've never gone like that low of level. And it's kind of going through like the Boolean logic of like how a CPU actually works and things like that I'm only a fourth of the way through but it's really difficult for me to find video like tech videos where you can just listen to it and still get like 100% of the information because so yeah so many people like show you coding examples or like they don't verbally say what they're trying to explain so I don't know if you have yeah yeah no that no that is like such a good point like going through an actual coding course or like tutorial where you need to like watch you know they're um what's it called yeah. screencasting yeah. or maybe they're on a whiteboard right. yeah no that like you pretty much need to be fully engrossed uh, engaged, and engaged. Yeah, yeah and watching and listening and actually seeing what they're doing because if you just listen or if you just watch and don't listen you're not going to get the full effect 
And yeah, that's why I think it is really hard to have like a a super technical podcast. And Mm -hmm. I don't try to do that, you know, with my show. I just try to interview different people, talk about their career journey, how they got to where they are now, what they would do differently. It's more like softer tech skills or career advice or also folks who freelance or maybe they traveled and um, worked remotely or, you know, things like that. So because I do think, you know, especially for someone just starting out, they can learn a lot about the industry and about trends and about, you know, different career paths to take uh, and different career options and fields and whatnot through just listening. And they don't need to actually see like, you know, they don't mm-hmm. have to actually watch yes. to get that same information. But but when it's actually coding, coding, yeah, like yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> you, you have to you have the visual, or it's just not all going to get through. <laughs> but I love, yeah, <laughs> I love that about your podcast. It's so like, um, I would say like business focused or like career focused. I think that's super helpful to people. I know it was like for me before I have like the current um, programming job I have now. I loved listening to like the episodes where people were talking about. Well, even like now, I could do like the side hustles or like how to prepare for a tech interview or things like that and i know what was i i was gonna you know go somewhere with this and well how I to kinda, prepare for a tech interview seems to be that's a good maybe <laughs> the most the most common thing that that i don't know I, i'm asked like at, at talks and stuff like that people really see i don't know it seems like that's always a question on people's minds even though there are numerous articles about it it's still what everybody's always well, like, worried about i didn't know how to do it like i didn't yeah. know what a tech interview was going to be before i had my first one and so it was difficult yeah oh yeah definitely and i feel like to really master it you do have to do like practice problems where Mm -hmm. you can't just listen like you have to either be interacting on the computer or you know whiteboarding or something but you still could learn like other kinds of uh, tech interviewing tips strategies best practices again more of the softer kind of things Mm -hmm. through a podcast or you know learn about some resources out there that then when you're done listening you can you know read and um, look at online or, or what have you. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely a really common one for sure. That's great. I, I wonder like, what have you, um, I don't know if you like keep or what kind of like analytics or like statistics you keep on your blog or like your podcast, but what kind of um, content do you find people appreciate the most or like get the most, I don't know, that, the, that you hear, thank you for doing this blog post or thank you for talking to this guest. Like what seems to help people the most? Oh yeah. So again, from, so my audience, you know, are these folks that are transitioning into tech, they're early, you know, they're early in their tech career journey. So I think, uh, you know, that that's what I'm used to. That's the kind of content I'm creating and the kind of content I get feedback on. So the things though, that people really like to, to hear about and find inspiring, definitely some of the podcast interviews where someone has taught themselves and they and they're like, this sounds kind of weird to say it this way, but they're like very like normal, like they're very relatable, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like, oh, like, uh, so like one guy, for instance, who I had on, I think it was like earlier in the summer, his name is Samit. He's in, he's in the UK and he, oh gosh, I hope I don't say this wrong. He either didn't finish high school or didn't, f- I feel like it was, he didn't actually finish high school mm-hmm. and he had, um, or has like dyslexia. And he ended up getting a job working at the Heathrow Airport doing some kind of like security work. And I forget his exact story, but he ended up getting into how to automate some of their processes. One thing leads to another, leads to another. And now, or last I checked, he was like leading 
security operation, IT operation yeah. at all of Heathrow, which is like the biggest, you know, the biggest airport in the world. He ended up going back and finishing high school or something, or I think it was high school or whatever their equivalent to high school is. And he ended up also doing a speech or, or going to an event, I believe in Las Vegas from Microsoft where he met the CEO. Like he had this like wow. crazy story, Whoa. this like normal guy, security guard, you know, wife, kids. And he had this like, yeah, it's just like this crazy career story that and getting into tech. So stories like that really resonate with people. Um, and pretty much all the ones that do the most are some kind of version of that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe another one I'm thinking of is a woman who actually, she also works at Microsoft or he doesn't work. He uses Microsoft technology. She works there and she, the entire episode we talked about, um, what it was like for her to go on parental leave and like before she went away, while she was gone, when she came back, what it was like readjusting, um, you know, coming, coming off of parental leave and I know that also helped a lot of people too. And she, cause she reached out recently and said she still gets messages on LinkedIn about the interview and how much it helped wow. people. And yeah, so I definitely love hearing that. Like I love when guests get in touch with me and tell me like, oh, I keep getting, you know, people who listen to the show are reaching out to me and mm-hmm. telling me how much it helped them. And that's amazing. So yeah, that, yeah, I really like that. Cause it, I, yeah, it's just so cool. Like that I don't even have to sh- do any, I mean, I orchestrate the whole podcast yeah. and everything, yeah. but it's other people telling their story that is is right. helping these listeners. I'm just like a middleman, so it's it's neat. <laughs> Man, <laughs> it's really cool when you describe it like that because it's, yeah, <laughs> it's so inspiring just hearing you talk about it. And like, I love listening to people like that who have made them. They're they are just normal people, but they've taken the steps to like make themselves extraordinary and. You can say like luck plays into it and things like that, but I think hard work and a smart, smart decisions play into it a lot more. So that's really cool. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to ask you because your podcast and your blog is all about like helping people learn and get better and get started is like, do you have some favorite like learning strategies or like techniques that you've either personally used or that have just like come to your attention like over and over, like consistently you see people having success with yeah so i i took i saw your questions in advance i took a few notes so i didn't forget (laughs) things just just i wanted to keep it really short you know short though because there's probably like hundreds of learning strategies or or whatever (laughs) that you know that are out there but the one so a few things so learning every day so just even if it's just for like 25 minutes or something just trying to get it in every day and building it into your routine and maybe some days you do more like you do two hours of, of going through a course and then other days maybe just do 25 but just getting it you know putting in putting in the work day over day that makes a huge difference over time uh the next like tip would be and i try to do this combining combining tasks so what i mean is and i'll just give you some personal examples because mm-hmm. that's like i think the easiest way to explain So when I'm like cleaning up my apartment and I'm doing laundry and I'm doing the dishes and I'm, um, you know, other things around the house, pretty much all the time I have like my headphones in and I'm listening to a podcast or an audio book or something like that. So I'm kind of like 
learning while I'm doing these things I, I have to do. Another good way or another good example would be like commuting. So if you have a long commute to work back and forth, like listening to good podcasts, mm-hmm. if you take the train and can work on your laptop or study on your laptop, that's another one. That's kind of more of a time management thing, but you know, throw that in there. Uh, the other would be actually applying what you learn to a real job or a real project. So not just going through the tutorials and the courses. That's a big but one. Doing, yeah, doing something real that people are using in some way uh, to actually um, put what you're learning like into practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I just read yeah. something, even if I feel like I have a good grasp of what I read until I actually code it, it's yeah. pretty much right out of my head. And it never fits perfectly, so no. you always have to. Yeah. <laughs> jiggle things around a little bit Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah and and it's also this is specific for beginners but if you're building your own side projects or you're doing like smaller jobs like maybe as a contractor 10 hours a week for some project you're able to well kind of like reinforce or learn those things on the job or through your project and then you could also use that experience later, you know, on your resume, perhaps LinkedIn mm-hmm. as a reference or for referrals to more work down the line. So it can like, yeah, it just has a lot of, lot of benefits. And do you think there's like any, has any, do people come to you with like a most difficult like technology or language that they're really having trouble learning? Or do you think there's any like gap of learning materials available for maybe these are more advanced topics, but like for DevOps, I know when I first heard about that, that was like, oh, that's really difficult to like master every mm. Amazon web service there is. And we have machine learning and we have like AI and stuff like that. I don't know if people come to you with like with questions about a specific topic a lot or. Yeah, I, you know, I think, and I haven't been seen as much recently, but I remember like a few years ago, a lot of people writing in about just like JavaScript and like the best way to learn it, how to learn it. It's really hard to learn. I feel like I can't learn it. Um, I feel like, you know, other things I learned so far have come to me a lot quicker and this and just, I'm just not getting. Hmm. However, I do think there are a ton of JavaScript resources out there. So that doesn't really fill, that doesn't really fill that gap. Um, And I haven't, you know, I'm trying to think through the emails that I get and I don't think I've been seeing as much recently. This could have been like four, you know, five years ago at this point, I was seeing that more. Um, And then, as far as areas that aren't covered as much, yeah, I do think like either, okay, so there are like DevOps and cybersecurity and IT courses, and especially on platforms like Pluralsight, I know they have like a ton of different technologies that like I never even really thought about. I was going oh. through their course catalog one day and I was like, wow, they have so many different and all different <laughs> levels, not just web development, like all these other branches of technology. And I'm sure LinkedIn, you know, Coursera slash LinkedIn Learning has a ton of different stuff too. I'm sure they have things in these areas. But I like I I do think some of the topics in DevOps and cybersecurity maybe it's it's harder for beginners to break in because there's perhaps not as many like beginner level courses available. Yeah. At least certainly not as much as like web development. Um, and I'm trying I'm trying to think if there's any more that come to mind, but well, those are good ones. And yeah, I know we, do, we I, use Udemy sometimes as well. I don't know if you've. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah. And they have, yeah, they have tons of courses. I mean, I really, I really like Udemy, but you do have to just be, uh, 
deliberate, I don't know the right deliberate is the right word, or just like kind of aware that, you know, anyone can upload a course to Udemy yes. and, and to read the <laughs> yeah. reviews, you know? Yeah. So, so with Pluralsight or LinkedIn Learning, just there's a lot, there's other examples, but those are just two that I know for sure. They vet their instruction, they, they vet their instructors, mm-hmm. they work with their instructors to create the courses. Like, I'm not exactly sure of all the inner workings at the company, but I, I do believe there's like a whole process they go through with every single course where there are like checks along the way to, mm-hmm. to make sure the content is accurate and that the instructor knows what they're talking about all the way up, you know, until down the line. Nice. So there, yeah. But then of course with Udemy, since anyone can upload a course, there can be a lot more options. So it's, you know, which is a good thing, I think, to have a lot of options because there are fantastic courses on Udemy. You just have to, you know, yeah. make sure you're reading the student yeah. reviews and, yeah. and and even just like Googling the instructor and seeing like, okay, like what have they done before? Like, exactly. you yeah. know, have they worked in this field? Are they currently working in this field? Like, you know, what makes them like an expert on that? That kind of leads into, especially when I was like just learning like JavaScript stuff. I, w- I think I was learning Node specifically, like trying to get more like backend um find more courses on like learning and using node how do you have any advice for like vetting different courses or different videos or different articles because it was really hard for me to find ones that i trusted like i know this is high quality information they're showing me the best way to do whatever technique or feature they're i'm learning like do you have any advice on that because i still have trouble sometimes yeah so i especially okay so like the more technical it is like the more technical concept you're trying to learn. So if you're just looking for like um, algorithm questions for tech interviews, that's more evergreen or not really prone to changing as something like uh, React or Node or something Mm -hmm. that's going through constant updates. So if you're reading an article that was published three years ago on one of those more technical areas um, and it hasn't been updated since, it's Probably Stay away. Be yeah. yeah, yeah. So definitely looking at the year, but but then there are because you know even me, I'll be looking at quick things for on Stack Overflow, and I'll see the answer was was answer or the the answer was given a few years ago. But if it's something like with CSS or HTML, I'm like, oh, that's probably fine. So I think it just kind of depends like on the technology and you know and and, and, gotcha. and all of that and in the source and of course also on Stack Overflow they show upvotes and stuff which can be more recent. So that's mm-hmm. another way yeah. to like get that social proof of like, is this legit or not? Uh, and then with like courses, as I said, like the Googling of the instructors or researching the platform that it's on, if there maybe isn't a ton of information about the actual course instructor, mm. the date, uh, you could also just like Google, like whatever the course name, you know, reviews and see if there's any reviews on you know there's different like review websites i think Trustpilot maybe one but i don't know if they do on like courses i think they do other products but that could be something to look into also however i will also say if you're taking an online course that is like free or cheap you're not really losing that much right. if you start taking it and you're like oh wait i don't really like this okay i'm gonna go look somewhere else i think just like the more research you do should be the more you're going to spend on something mm-hmm. you know like if you're yeah. gonna go take like a five thousand dollar certification program like definitely do a lot more research than if you're gonna better be perfect (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) that's awesome yeah well i think i know i have more questions here and i'm trying to think of like the best way to phrase this next one but (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's hard hitting dude every time i see like someone retweet something you have to say or just see your name or your your business your podcast name like come up online it's always like something positive so 
again, just like, thank you so much for being here and sharing even more with us today. But like what I was wondering, how do you see the blog and the podcast and like, where do you want to be with it? Like in five years or where do you want to be like yourself in five years? Like, what are you trying to not add to the community? Cause I think we covered that, but like, yeah, how do you see yourself and, and the podcast? Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I said this already, but I feel yeah. like the way I see myself is helping like the people just starting out that are after college and want to get into technology in some way. And like when I say starting out, I mean like they just made the decision that they're going to do this or maybe they even haven't, they haven't made the decision yet up to a couple months in, let's say like six months or one year in. It, I think it really varies for everyone because it depends on how much time you spend learning every day because one person learning eight hours a day for three months is going to be at a certain level. Whereas someone learning 20 minutes a day for three months, you know, they may still be at a lower level. So I kind of think of it like that. So people though that are are just starting out, haven't really gone a full-time job or haven't gotten a full-time job in tech yet. Um, And then, so yeah, that's who I see myself really serving. And I want to continue serving that group of people for sure. I don't have any plans to um, switch that. And as far as where I see things in five years, like that is like, that is such, it's, a, it's such a hard question for me to answer <laughs> because I just see how much I like things have changed for me just over the last five years. Like over the last five years, I think I've lived in three, no, four different states, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, no, no, three, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, then now New York. Mm. I've had like different jobs. I've moved just not even just from city to city and like within different cities. <laughs> and now I'm doing my, you know, running this business that I just started off on the side as my full-time job. So I'm like, I don't even know where I'll be, you know, five years from now. But my plan is just to continue finding more ways to create content and help people in this area that I'm trying to serve. And that's, yeah, my plan for now. And I hope I'm doing it still in five years, but who knows, maybe something else will happen and I'll have something else that I want to pursue. I'm not sure, but well, that's, for now, this, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. You can always do it like part-time too if you were doing something else full-time. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm wondering um, as well, like is there something you would like to be doing? Like uh, I know some people talk about workshops, like in-person workshops, maybe in oh. New York would be like a great place as well. I just, I don't know of anything else to suggest off the yeah, top of my people, head. But <laughs> yeah, so people ask, yeah, I've had some folks ask me have I ever like planned to do meetups or workshops or something, something yeah. that's in person. And honestly, I like... I, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to do, because it's just like, for me, the idea of planning something in person, like it doesn't really excite me. And it's more so, not that I don't want to see people, it's that just like the coordination, like finding a place um, to host us. What are we going to do? You know, what's the workshop going to be on? Creating content around that. Uh, I'm not like super, super extroverted. So like, it feels kind of like draining to me to like, put together a whole in-person yeah. thing or to put together a conference like I like I, and I know people like do it and they love it, like as a conference organizer but that is like feels like super stressful right yeah <laughs> like, I'm like oh, I don't know if I, you know I don't that that feels like too too out of my wheelhouse right and then after you uh, plan so it you actually have to I show did, up yeah. and attend and <laughs> go through the whole day yeah, of yeah yeah and then make sure like if you have a bunch of speakers that you know everything's running smoothly and the technology and the food and you know it's yeah. just like the sponsors there's like so many moving pieces so i i like creating content in various ways online so i hope just to continue with that and just have more content on the blog update older things 
continue with the podcast. Uh, I'm starting to make paid online content, so online courses or online programs. Oh, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm probably not going to have that many, but maybe do like one new one a year and spend a lot of time on it. Or maybe make some small, like smaller ones that are on the more affordable side and they're like faster for someone to go through. I don't have like set plans yet, but I hope that's something I can continue building on and adding into the future. So that's that's definitely a plan. And that's the only the kind of new thing though, as far as that goes, because the blog and the podcast are um, existing. But mm-hmm. I've, oh, you know, I have thought about doing some kind of like, Meant, I don't know what to call it. It's like a mastermind or a mentorship or accountability group. So oh, something yeah. that would be small, like 20 people, 10 people even, and have people apply though to be in it. And it could be something where like it'd be virtual though. Like you would meet virtually once a week and go over like, you know, what you did that week, your plans for next week and kind of get advice from people. I used to be in a mastermind group actually for podcasting when I first started my show. Hmm. And oh, I nice. thought it was super, yeah, I thought it was super valuable. It was like one of the best things I probably have ever done, like as far as education goes. And it wasn't even like a structured curriculum. It was just, I met once a week with other people that were also launching their first podcast and we held each other accountable. So I feel like something like that could be really valuable to people too so maybe one day i'll do something like that i don't know i actually i I love that answer and that you brought that up because that was not on my mind either and i think you have like the perfect platform for doing something like that and i it wasn't like an official mastermind group but like even when i was in school me and my some of my friends would just meet once a week and kind of like discuss whatever individual projects we were doing but it was so helpful because you got to we all all of our fields kind of overlap a little bit like one of them was a 3d modeler and i'd be doing programming and he'd be doing something like artistic and awesome um but it, it was it was super helpful so i would i would love to see you do something like that someday but um i definitely would push people to see if they can get together with some friends or some other people like learning at the same phase or level they're at yeah yeah I yeah again I think the accountability and, and having like a group that you can go to yes. even as you say you're, if you're not doing the exact same thing just something somewhat similar or if you guys were all in college you yeah, all had related. the same goal I'm guessing to graduate so that was like your unifying you know yeah. factor so yeah and yeah so maybe one day I'll do that but I haven't, again, not something I'm actively working on or I have a big list of like ideas for the future that maybe I'd like to try one day. But I try to stay focused on like one thing at a time because if I don't, I'll start doing like 50 things at once and then I don't finish like one thing, you know? Yes. So yeah, it's, I guess, what, the shiny object syndrome or something yeah. I can fall really prone to. So I have to be like really disciplined about no, I'm going to finish this. I've been working on this thing already. Before I start the next thing, I'm going to write down that idea for later. And once I'm done with what I'm working on, I'll revisit my list of ideas and figure (laughs) out which I'm going to do next. But I have to finish this thing first because I'll just, you know. That is super, super relatable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just do 50 things. And that was my problem early on when I first started the blog. I did, I was trying to do too many things at once and it took me a while to figure out I need to focus just get better at focusing on few things one you know just a few small things or just one small thing at a time that's really cool i know we we heard you have a big project going on or something that's coming out soon or is was there something you wanted to talk about today or that we can mention 
Oh, yeah. So it relates to very closely to what I was just saying. So, so throughout 2019, I've been building my first like bigger program. So I, I say that because I have done like smaller courses or like mm-hmm. ebooks or something in the past a um, couple of years ago. But this is like my first like more um, encompassing program that I've been working on. So I started in the beginning of the year and we did like a beta program and we had like initial students go through, give feedback. And then over the summer, we've been taking all the feedback and completely rebuilding the course from the ground up because the first version was like the MVP version essentially. And now <laughs> we're getting, yeah, so that was actually, so that it's funny how like some of my startup experience then came into play with like what I do now because mm-hmm. I learned it's a little sidebar, but I learned from my last company like that, like how important it is to get feedback from like your customers or your users before you get too far along on something. At Teachable, though, we were building features. Here, I'm, you know, building courses, so it's different, but it's still like the same kind of thing. Instead of building the course without, you know, in in um, was it in a vacuum? Like actually interact with students, actually talk to people, get people to go through it, get people to give their thoughts and how they think it could be better, what's needed, what's not needed. So that was like a whole thing in itself. Rebuilding the course now, and hopefully in the next in the next, I don't know when this is going to be airing, but at the time of recording over the next, in the next few weeks, we'll have all the changes live and everything will be updated and we'll start getting new students into the program. But that has been like, this has been, it's been such, it's been such a long process because, (laughs) and it's really hard to create online courses. Like you know, I, um, and I, I worked an online imagine. course company. Yeah. And I worked an online course company. I interacted with instructors in all industries all the time. And it is like so different from podcasting or writing a blog post because, mm. you know, you're thinking about like, well, for me, I, I'm not, maybe if I was used to video, it'd be different, but I'm thinking of like the video component. I'm thinking of like handouts or checklists or guides to go with certain lessons that could be helpful you know I'm th- I'm you know we're, we're thinking about um okay we're going to have audio versions of all the videos because I know people may want to listen to it on the go and instead of just stay at their computer oh we are going to also have transcriptions of all the videos you know t- so it's accessible so it's like all of these things yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a blog post of this all combined into one thinking of how to present the information in a way that a person can get results or you know achieve a goal whatever mm-hmm. the goal of the course is um by the end of it it's like it's yeah it's it's a lot and that's that's just the course content part i'm not even getting into the admin the support um like support of students Jeez. or people that are interested in buying the course the marketing um the just like there's like a lot of different processes and like things you you know to think about like that is that's more on like the admin marketing <laughs> side you could yeah. say so yeah it's been a really big project and i'm definitely excited that it's coming that the end that the end is in sight because yeah. nice. it's, been, oh, it's been a long yeah. time coming and yep Super it's def- awesome. yeah <laughs> do you want to take away with our final question or final yeah the point of the interview yes the whole, <laughs> we've been building up to it so we ask every every guest what music they listen to while they're coding and what their favorite band is and if you say you don't have a favorite band, that's, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> it, hopefully it's not the, the ringtone to iPhone. But uh, so many people say they don't have favorite bands. 
So I'm curious. Yeah. People. Okay. So I intentionally and like deliberately listen to music that is more upbeat or positive or um, has like, yeah, like positive message messaging in it. And that wasn't always the case. This could be like a whole sidebar in itself, but I used (laughs) to listen to just like top, you know, like, oh, like top hip hop or top pop or whatever on the Spotify playlist. Mm -hmm. And then I started to intentionally only like kind of curate music that was more positive. And it had now, because I've been doing it for like a year, I don't notice it, but it had such an impact on like my mood because you don't, even if you're not thinking of the lyrics, they're still getting into your brain, you know? And I was listening to, and, and you know, like, you know, no judgment, listen to what you want, whatever. But a lot of the music I was listening to before, um, you know, wasn't really, um, reflective of maybe the life I want to lead, you know, like yeah. getting drunk in the club, uh-huh. you know, during the week. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm phrasing it like the nice way, you know, like you know, swear words <laughs> thrown in there. Right. Yeah. Other, you know, so, so when I started to really change the music that I listened to, I, it, yeah, it had a huge impact just on like my that's great. I don't know. Like my vibe, like my aura or like yeah. the energy that I <laughs> yeah. had, you know, like it really, it really did. Like it was probably one of the, such a noticeable change, which I started changing that. So, to, okay. Then to answer your question, what kind of music do I listen to if it's upbeat and positive? So I listen to like a variety of things. Some things honestly could be like more hip hop considered. Some could be pop. Some could be soft rock. I do listen to just like older stuff too, like the Beach Boys. Cause a lot of the music from then is quite positive. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Whereas, sure. You know, so I listen to stuff like that. Um, and this is going to shock people. I don't think I've ever, I'm love, I'm, I'm, conf- I have a confession that I don't think I've That's ever an said. Exclusive oh, duct tapes. Exclusive. This is an exclusive because I don't talk about because I feel like there's so much judgment, but I love country music. Oh boy. Oh. And I oh, didn't yeah. always, oh wait, see, I said there's Stop so much the judgment. Interview. I don't tell Stop people, I don't tell people this because people, I think, and it's funny because a lot of my friends from home or I knew for a while have like no idea. Like I, <laughs> I keep it secret, but I, I really like a lot of country music because a lot of not all of it but a lot of it is a little more upbeat positive you know mm. yeah whatever so yeah. i don't know if like wholesome is the best word but like sometimes i think for some Somet- oh no there's some country music that's definitely not, not like, yeah, 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 yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah that's not wholesome but there are some songs that are like again it's not uh, i don't know it's just it, it's yeah. very genuine yeah, yeah yeah That's yeah so yeah Jenny. oh yeah and there's of course it's you know heartbreak yeah. or falling in love there's a lot of that but um some of them could be more just like i don't know yeah dude great answers well yeah <laughs> i hope you feel free hope you yes feel- <laughs> hope it's off your chest no yeah. you know i've been thinking i've been thinking about talking about her <laughs> <laughs> no because it's funny because i live in new york and like if you looked at the way i dress and like anything about me you would never go country be like wait <laughs> yeah like you never think i would like put that even listen to country music it's funny and i'm like i feel like i'm like a secret like i want to like secretly move to the south even though i don't think i ever actually will but it's yeah like, i'm like wow life sounds so simple down there they're like you know in the tractor like yeah going downtown for the night in their boots like it sounds like and you know for me it's like i'm dealing with like you know getting pushed on the subway so it's kind yeah. of like, it's a nice escape <laughs> Lawrence, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us for this long. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you again for having me on.
All right. So that was that was great. Dude, Lawrence, we love you. Country music, huh? Dude. She didn't name any specific artists, so I, I, it made me curious as to whether, like, the artists themselves were even more, quote-unquote, embarrassing than the reveal no. of, of liking country. Dude, when she first brought up, I thought she was going to say, like, Disney music or, yeah. like, something, like, less genre-specific. Yeah. And that was so funny because... I, my, that's my secret. I love Disney music. Yeah. So. <laughs> Boy. But dude, that's super cool. Um, make sure she said Instagram is the best way to get in touch with her. Mm -hmm. So if you want to reach out to Laurence personally, personally, make sure you check out her Instagram. How do you? We, and it's just her first and last name, right? Um, I believe that's what she said. But yeah. oh my gosh, I have to double check. It is. It is. Excellent. And her name is. It sounds like Laurent, or it is Laurent. 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 Yeah. <laughs> We'll speak Dude. French one day. <laughs> yeah. It's on our to-do list. It's Laurence. <laughs> um, yeah, so. So it's L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E Bradford. B-R-A-D-F-O-R-D. So she sounds like someone who's super happy to talk to people, uh, assuming she has the time because yeah. she's a busy woman. Yeah. She has that all-encompassing, the comprehensive course coming out. I think the first one that Learned to Code With Me has yeah, done. Yeah, keep an eye awesome out for that. Stuff. Yeah. And that's just, I loved hearing about her story. Combine your tasks, guys. Get in the 25 yeah, minutes a day for yeah. learning. It's super easy to get like 10% <laughs> into 50 tasks and then I get know. nothing done. When she said that, life. I related to that so much. Yeah. Um, okay, so follow her on Instagram. Follow us, uh, Duct Tapes FM, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Do all of it. the website. If you want to find her website, it's a little bit different. So I'll specifically mention it's learn to code with dot me. Hopefully, she, oh. I think she mentioned that too. So we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Extra shout outs. Not learn to code with me dot com. No, because that's lame. Yeah. You got to have the dot me in <laughs> yeah. this day and age. Yeah. Dot me dot FM. The only cool ones. I bet she planned that when she named it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should have done. Well, I can't think of something funny. <laughs> we Typical. Got dot FM, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Duct tapes dot me. Uh, okay, so I'm on Twitter, John Hoppenthal. Go follow John. He's awesome. Go follow me. He's very funny. Duck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get solid jokes. Anyway, like the one you just heard. Uh, Tiffany is on... Twitter at Talama Vale, my gamer name, and Twitch under Team Talama. And that Twitch channel is active. It is. So <laughs> it's awesome. Check it out. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week where we have Johnny Berger. Yeah. Coming up. Pretty cool. All right. Bye. Have a good one. Powered by Vincent. Quack, quack.